everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. Welcome back to part two of our interview with Frank Beard of Gas Buddy. Well, absolutely, and you know, and that is going to be a key to you know the C store growth, and in not only just sustainable sales, but true growth is having those magnificent experiences that are not what people expected to bring it up to what they desire, and so that they're consistent with that, with that clean, friendly, um, you know, people behind the counter not only have to execute with the cleanliness and you know uh, safe food operation, but they have to be friendly as well. And, and all that, you know, rolls into the growth model of this food service opportunities in the C-Store sector. So what else do you think that uh, as in, people in this industry that we need to do to keep up with the changes and, the, and to get ahead of the, the growth curve that others might be seeing right now? You know, you mentioned something about being friendly and, that, you know, that just made me think of something actually. Um, I was at a retailer, how this this particular time that happened last year, I don't think this person's there anymore, but I remember there was someone at their, um, there was someone who often worked behind the counter in their food service area, and I think they stopped doing breakfast around around 10.30, but I mean, I like breakfast food 24 hours a day. I'm just one of those people, and sometimes I'd roll in at lunch and ask if I could get a breakfast sandwich, because they had a really great breakfast sandwich that was running on a, uh, on a limited time offer. and. They didn't have a touchscreen at the time, and their touchscreen now doesn't have all of their products, so it's kind of confusing, but I just go to the counter and ask if they could make one of those. And I remember every time I did that, she had this look on her face like I had just inconvenienced her <laughs> in the most frustrating sort yeah. of way. And, I mean, I, again, I've worked in a restaurant. I've been a waiter. I, 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 I've been on that side of things, and, man, you can't do that um, because even if you are being inconvenienced, because let's be honest, uh, general public does not understand how many hats your average convenience store employee has to wear on any given day and how much work they actually do. They think it's easier than it is, but it's not. Um, so I probably wasn't, I probably was kind of being a little annoying by asking for that, but you, you, you just can't do that. You've, you've got to be friendly and really accommodate customers. And um, yeah, so that, that just made me think of that. But I think one of the other things is you got to ask yourself this question. Why would someone drive 15 minutes out of the way to visit my store? If you can't answer that, then you're not in a good position right now uh, because you should have an answer to that. Maybe it's just one thing. Maybe that's all it is. Um, but it's got to be something because otherwise you're optional as far as consumers go. And, you know, that really does play a role with food service. There's a lot of retailers who are getting into it and they're kind of starting with the bare basics. Um, you know, the same kind of interchangeable menu items that you can find at any QSR down the street and probably their other C-Store competitors as well. And, you know, I, I think that's what's neat about some of the branded food service programs like the ones that you all offer because, um, you know, sometimes you're, sometimes developing those destination items can be really tricky for an operator. Um, so, you know, relying on an already established brand is one way that, that you can help do that. Um, so that's been pretty neat to see. Oh, that's definitely good advice for sure. Um, and um, apart from that, what do you think some of the biggest mistakes they actually make whenever they want to start a food service program or transition into food service? Oh, there's definitely a few things there. I, I think one is this mindset that you can just plug and play and it's going to work out okay. Um, 
I'll give you a, an example. So one of my favorite retailers is Sapros. Um, Sapros runs amazing travel centers and truck stops, uh, absolutely phenomenal stores. And I was driving down to um, Springfield, Missouri, uh, early last year to go visit a store called uh, Farm to Counter that a person I've got to become friends with uh, opened up at the time. It was a health-focused convenience store. And if you've been to Springfield, you know that that's the most unlikely place to see that ever built. <laughs> so, I, so, that, so that alone caught my interest. I'm like, wait, you're doing that in Springfield? I will be there tomorrow to check us out, road trip. <laughs> so my uh, now fiance and I were driving down there. And when you get off the interstate in this one area by Harrisonville, uh, that exit used to just have a Pyro City, um, kind of a small gas station with a massive uh, fireworks store. And, you know, I like fireworks, so I'd stop there a few times. But when I, right before I got to the exit, I saw this billboard for mom-approved restrooms. And it was the kitschiest, most tacky, but also awesome billboard. <laughs> it just made you laugh when you saw it. It's this lady giving two enthusiastic thumbs up. It says, mom-approved restroom. So I looked at my fiance, and I was like, hey, 45-minute detour, sorry. I got to go find out what, what this is all about. Turned out that Sapros, uh, I think, had bought the area that uh, Pyro City was on, probably leased it back to them, and they just paid this whole thing <laughs> with uh, immaculate concrete, big, beautiful store, amazing forecourt, uh, so absolutely lovely store. So I go inside, and turns out that, yeah, they do have mom-approved restrooms, heated toilet seats, bidets. Uh, I mean, I, you, you, you could eat off the floor in there. But what caught my attention is they had a chicken uh, program in there, you know, kind of a branded uh, food service program. And across the street was another one, which is one of my favorites, being Crispy Crunchy Chicken. I mean, there's so many good ones. And my you're killing me, Frank. You're killing me. <laughs> hey, no, 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 not me. <laughs> All of them are good, believe me. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's, there's a reason why I, I bring this up, though. Um, why I'm naming them. So she never had that. She, you know, she saw a photo from the NAC show because they always have a big booth. And I'm like, hey, so let's do a taste test. Let's compare theirs to the one that's at this store. And what surprised me is a store across the street had kind of just put Crispy Crunchy in this like dark corner, um, kind of up by, in like a hot box up by the counter. And, you know, it really didn't look very good. Now it tasted great, but it didn't look good visually. At Sapros, however, they had it sitting on kind of a raised island with uh, big LED screens. Um, it, it was very clear that that was food service, that that's a mm -hmm. real food service program. And again, you know, both, both of them tasted fine because there's a lot of great food service programs in this industry, but it's just amazing how having that in the wrong environment across the street just gave it a completely different impression. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make is they think that they can leverage this uh, national brand, and then just drop it and plug and play. But they they forget what you have to. They have to build the right experience around it. Now I'm sure it's still going to sell, but it's not going to reach its potential in that kind of an environment. And you know, I, I just always found that interesting because I, yeah. I've seen both cases as I travel around. You'll see folks who do just like drop these in the corner of the store, but then you'll see people who build an actual restaurant experience around it, and it's it's a completely it just changes changes everything completely. Well, absolutely, and that's one of the th reasons why we've got a project management team to help retailers understand that, you know, when they're getting ready to do a new build or a remodel, is, you know, we actually have multiple uh, people on, a, on this project management team that actually help folks identify those situations exactly, because the worst thing you want to do is invest in a food service program, buy this equipment, put 
you know, signage out to, you know, let people know that you now have, you know, a trusted branded program and then uh, hide it off in a corner and wonder why sales don't exist. You know, so it's, it's really important to make sure that those things are addressed as a retailer so you don't make that mistake because that can be extremely costly. No, and, and it's really great that, that you offer that kind of service too because it's, um, that's, that's something that some retailers really do need some, some help with. And one of the things I, I've noticed as, as I've had a chance to go speak at a lot of kind of uh, corporate events and, uh, you know, smaller trade shows around the country too where you do get to meet a lot of independent operators is, um, and you talk to folks, you know, at, uh, uh, you know, just vendors around the industry, you keep hearing kind of this, this story that, um, some of these independent operators like really do need you to be their advocate. They need you to help them understand where the trends are going and um, you know how a lot of this is all coming together because sometimes they don't get the chance to go to all the big shows, to sit in on webinars, to you know read all the publications because they're busy at their stores. Like They have a lot of work on their plate, so sometimes they're not exposed to that. And uh, the more that I think all of us can, can, can help them understand that, the better off they're going to be. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. So, Frank, you've been mentioning a couple of these brands, and so we're just kind of curious, what are some of the best operators um, that you've been to, and what can um, a lot of our retailers learn from them? So, um, wow, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. You know, <laughs> I think I'm just going to start with one of the most obvious ones and go with Bucky's, but for a different reason than you might be thinking. Um, you know, one of the challenges, when you mention a brand like Bucky's, people tend to immediately go to, you know, the large four courts. I mean, the one at... Uh, the one in Baytown is a length of three football fields. I think it has something like 96 viewing locations. Uh, it's just, wow. I, I can't even capture it on my cell phone camera because it's so long. Like the vanishing point makes it look, <laughs> look like it's smaller <laughs> than it is. Um, I had to mount a GoPro on the side of my rental car and drive around the store. It took like five minutes just to, you know, capture this thing. But so a lot of people see, see the size of that and they miss, I think, what's really going on there. Bucky succeeds at Retail 101. Everything is clean. All the shelves, the products are faced. If there's scuffs on the walls, they seem to sure fix it quickly. The bathroom is clean. And people will say, yeah, they have a dedicated person, but Bucky's is still cleaning an um, absolute monstrosity-sized restroom. They're still maintaining that kind of level of cleanliness with that, with those many stalls, those many urinals. Like, that's not easy. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, they just succeed at the basics, uh, and they, they don't slack. Everything's done well. And what that does to the ambiance of the store, I mean, it really wows customers. Um, they do a phenomenal job with that. And the other thing is they just make retail fun. Uh, I think we sometimes forget that retail really can and should be fun. Um, you know, on the back of my phone, I have one of those pop sockets, you know, those little things that you can use as a stand. Yep, yeah. And it's got the Bucky's logo on it. <laughs> and yeah, I like the brand, and so I like to put that on there, but I also keep that on there to start conversations about, like, why aren't other people doing this? There's some really great brands in this industry, and um, you know, there's something about when you see merchandise branded with a company logo. You know, they're proud of it. They have fun with it. Uh, I mean, Sheets does this, Bucky's does it, and um, I mean, I saw a person with a Bucky shirt in the airport uh, when I was coming back from uh, uh, Seattle this last week. So go figure. <laughs> uh, but Bucky's just does a great job with that, and their customer service is unparalleled. Um, they hire great people. Uh, another example is Quick Trip with a K in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. You know, the thing that gets me about them is I've been, and I've been to countless of their stores. Uh, I've been to stores by the Green Bay Packers Stadium in small towns in every state they operate in. Um, I've been to 
plenty of quick trip stores and every single one of those when i go in there it's like they somehow hire that lady who works in the local church on sunday uh you know you know serving food after church service who knows everybody in town who is everyone's friend and somehow they hire that person and they're always handing out samples and it's amazing that they can do this um i walked in a store at one time and they had samples of glazed donuts and I'm like, I don't really want a full glazed donut, but man, I want to try a sample of that. And it was phenomenal. It was so good. And she must have been able to tell by the look on my face. And she looks at me and winks and goes, I think you need another one of those. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pressure, to, no pressure to go buy it. It's not, oh, hey, it's located over there. It's this price today. It's just try this. And thanks for coming. And man, if that doesn't make you want to visit a store again, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, Kind of like going to Costco in a way, I guess you could say. But their their customer service is amazing. They they are just best in class when it comes to creating a small town feel like a community store in every single one of their locations. Um, I think Sheets though Sheets also is best in class in how they um, how they know who their customer is and how they really have a brand identity. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of brands um, not just in this industry but in a lot of industries that have logos that are meaningless. You know they. They, they think people care about their brand, but to the consumer, their brand just doesn't mean anything because there's nothing behind it. But when you see that Sheets logo, that means something. And get on Twitter and follow what they're doing. They're going on and playing Rocket League on Twitch with their customers, streaming video games with their customers. Their, um, the amount of interaction they do with their customers is unparalleled. And it's uh, they've almost created kind of like this little in group like this club where I mean you're a sheets freak like that's a that's a thing and you're part of that club if you have that status or if you have any sheets freak uh, clothing or anything it, it's just really cool they've, they built this amazing brand that, that really truly has some weight behind it um, you know I mentioned I mentioned Sap Rose but I think people forget just what a clean restroom can do to your store I mean Sap Rose is from a consumer perspective a truck stop truck stops are not you know Although I think the travel center side of this industry is way more advanced than a lot of people realize. I mean, I did a closing keynote at NASO's conference uh, earlier this year, and I think that conference had some of the most, probably most advanced education sessions I've seen at any conference. Like, they, they know their stuff. Um, but your average consumer, you know, truck stops have some negative connotations, you know, sometimes. And Sabros, if you look at the reviews that they're getting online about their restrooms, these are non-traditional truck stop customers. These are just normal consumers. Like they've they've created a true destination store by planting the flag in one area and saying we are going to be the absolute best at this. Because I mean, people respond to that, and it's 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 really impressive. But as far as independent stores go, you know, I don't know if you ever get out to Bend, Oregon, but if you do, um, you need to go visit a guy named Kent Couch. Uh, do you remember the guy who? Put a bunch of balloons on a lawn chair and flew across half the country like 10 years 10 15 years ago yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah well he owns a convenience store in bend oregon uh <laughs> in mountain stop and go um he had this issue where qsr vacated uh space in a store some years ago and he decided he's gonna sell craft beer um this guy has like 40 types of craft beer on tap i think when i was there around 15 or 17 kombuchas and i heard he might be doing uh cbd drinks lately um <laughs> I, I haven't checked the website for about six months so i'm not sure what the current uh inventory is but this guy's a mad scientist like he if he gets a good idea he realizes that he can do it on monday 
And this like desire to experiment and desire to try things has led to an amazing store that is honestly one of the coolest places that you can visit in Bend, Oregon. Um, I mean, I, next time I'm there, it's the first place I'm going to go. So it's, it's just, I think sometimes re- retailers forget, especially smaller retailers, that they can, you know, they can try new things, that you don't have to be trapped in this channel-centric thinking that because, you know, things have been done a certain way for the past 5, 10, or 15 years that that is somehow a restriction on what you have to do in the next 5, 10, or 15. Like, you've got four walls. You can do anything you want inside. Like, be creative and experiment. Sure. Exactly. And, you know, it's all about that consumer experience, you know, and giving folks what like you said, you know, what, what's your reason um, to drive 15 miles to this place? And is it the fun, friendly staff that will give you that extra piece of donut sample? Is it, um, you know, something unique and uh, entertaining? Uh, the, the variety, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it needs to be overwhelmingly clean, welcoming, and uh you know, readily available to operate as a true food service business. Well, and yeah, and you're absolutely right about that. And I think what a lot of retailers are failing to understand, although a lot of them are really getting this, is it's just like things are changing really rapidly today. Uh, Fuel and convenience has been kind of lucky in that they've gotten a free pass on the sort of, uh, you know, disruption that steamrolled some other retail sectors. you know, especially, uh, you know, big box apparel brands, those sorts of things. But, I mean, those changes are, are here right now. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, have any of you used the mobile app GoPuff? Nope, no, I haven't used that one now. So it's really only in college towns right now. Um, but when I was in uh, Nashville for a conference recently, I'm in my hotel room. It's a really nice hotel. And, you know, it's getting to be late spring, closer to summer. You know, I guess a Corona sounded kind of nice, right? Yeah. So they had a Corona in the uh, fridge of the hotel, but they wanted like $10 for a can of Corona. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. That's a, little, that's a little much. So I opened up the GoPuff app on my phone because I thought, hey, great chance to see how GoPuff's working in this town. And uh, I was able to order a couple at basically retail pricing. It's a $1.95 delivery fee. They bring it to you in 25 minutes, uh, and you get a loading bar from the app, kind of like what Domino's uses on their website. Hmm. And the crazy thing is for $5.95 a month, I think that's the going price now, you can join their program called The Fam, uh, kind of like The Family, but The Fam, and they'll eliminate the delivery fee. So if you think about that, you've got an app here who's going to, for basically $6 a month, bring you products that are pretty much retail pricing in like 25 minutes. Like, why would you get in a car and go anywhere at that point? Um, now, they're building in college town, so if I, I'll tell you right now, if, if I was back in undergrad, I'd, I'd use that religiously. Yeah. That'd be yeah. incredible, because I'd be busy studying, yeah. or I'd just be <laughs> lazy. Or, or you'd be busy sitting there watching, you know, video games, drinking a Corona. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have been playing World of Warcraft, you know. <laughs> I'm busy. I, I, I can't get up. Uh, but no, or, you, you know, but think about it, even... Even an older consumer, imagine that you just discovered Game of Thrones or Stranger Things, and you decide you want a bag of chips. Are you going to drive ten minutes down the road to a convenience store, spend you know, have you know, have, have to scan a card, have to walk around, and then drive back and interrupt your show, or would you rather just say, "Hey, GoPuff, you know, can you bring that to me?" It's it's pretty compelling. So the the thing is, though, like we're in this environment where it's not that any one of these companies these new market entrants are going to disrupt the industry as a whole. But what I see is that they're, 
they're identifying very specific use cases for the convenience store, and they're designing a way to do that in a more convenient manner. Um, good example is cargo. I mean, have have any of you tried to visit a convenience store in an Uber or a Lyft? Uh, I don't know if I have or not. No, I have not. No, I it's just drive really, myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust people. <laughs> you know, I I like to think that too. Until I saw uh, the other day how many Uber rides I've taken in the past like two years, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea it was that many. But it, it, it's just. You know, I used to rent cars a lot of the time when I'd go travel to go speak at a conference, but now I, I don't. I just go with an Uber. Yeah. And But the thing is, it's really awkward to stop at a convenience store. Um, I go to Boston pretty regularly, and, you know, if I want to hit, hit a 7-Eleven and maybe get a sugar-free energy drink or, like, a kind bar or something, it's uh, it's a little tricky to do that in an Uber because, one, I don't know if there's any if there's going to be a place to park. Uh, parking in Boston is really difficult, especially downtown. Um, and the other thing is, I'm like, well, all right, do I take my backpack out of the car? Do I leave it in? What if this person drives away? Is, I mean, Uber's going to know that, but then it doesn't mean my backpack's going to come back. I mean, now, of course, that's never happened, but these are the things you, that go through your mind. And, and then it's just, I'm wasting this person's time. So then I offer to buy them a cup, of, a cup of coffee or something, but then that gets more expensive if they say yes. It's just an overall awkward experience. Right. So Cargo looked at that, and they saw an opportunity to move the convenience store into the car. So they have these little containers that you can buy uh, simple uh, 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 CPG products through, and but they're also seeing um, a good fit because you have people who are part of the gig economy who may be tight on money. So the prospect of an extra 100 to 300 a month that's really going to appeal to them. So that's like one. So that's another way that you can uh, reach someone and kind of take a few visits away from the convenience store. Taken collectively, though, uh, and especially depending on the market you're in, these things could present some real problems. Right, and, and third-party delivery services and all the new technology, I mean, they are changing the landscape and they are changing the way consumers think about stuff. But at the end of the day, um, you know, what's, what's really still exciting is the fact that there's phenomenal growth inside the stores through the food service segment and you know third-party delivery even bringing out you know you know whether it's champs chicken or casey's pizza or whatever you know to somebody you know through third-party delivery is also you know a great opportunity to continue to grow food service sales um, outside the four walls of the brick and mortar facility so but we really yeah. appreciate you know all your time today frank this has been awesome a great conversation yeah, this has been great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, for uh, sure. This is this is always always fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> so, a quick question: uh, We we got usually have uh, when guests on, we ask what we call our quick three. And so, my question is: What is one book you would recommend uh, folks read, and why? So, I'm going to take a bit of a different approach to that. Instead of sharing business books, I think. Um, I think a lot of us can fall into the trap where we forget to read for fun and, uh, you know, in a way that really stimulates our, uh, just our sense of wonder and, uh, you know, kind of our uh, uh, imagination. Yeah. Um, I'm a big science fiction fan. I also think that uh, there's a lot of benefits to reading uh, that particular genre. So here's a couple books that I would recommend everyone just check out. You won't regret it. Um, Existence by David Brin. He's a futurist uh, who, just trust me, you'll want to read this book. <laughs> Um, the Three Body Problem by Shi uh, Xing Lu. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, there's a reason why that book took the science fiction category by storm when it came out. I don't know if I've ever read a better book. Hmm. And also Luna, Luna New Moon by Ian McDonald. Uh, 
think Game of Thrones was science fiction, and that's all you need to say about that one. You will not put that book down. Um, but if you're on an airplane, if you just have a few hours at night, I mean, please read for enjoyment and pleasure. It also makes you a better writer, and um, I, I think there's a lot of benefits to that. But if you want something more business-related, uh, I'll give you something quick. Um, Google Jobs to be Done and read the article by Clayton Christensen in Harvard Business Review. Um, Understanding the jobs to be done framework, I think, is essential for any convenience retailer, and that will give you a ton to think about. Awesome. awesome. That's some great advice there. For sure, I'm going to check those out. Um, now, my question will be, we've already covered a ton of industry trends in this talk, but do you see any marketing trends for 2019? Yeah, I do. Um, there's really a couple things. I think um, one on the retailer side, I think we're going to see more people understanding the real value of um just having an online presence and really in two ways you know one obviously with social media but more understanding what social media really does for you it's not it's not about posting your soda deals and your uh, your promotions although you know that can come here and there but it's about building a relationship with your existing customers and uh, you know inter spreading your your store experience into a digital space and finding a way to interact with them that meshes with your brand identity if you want examples of how this is done look at sheets Look at both Quick Trips. Um, they do. They all three do a phenomenal job of social media, and they have very different approaches to what they do. The other thing is, you know, leveraging digital search platforms. Uh, we're fortunate at Gas Buddy that we're able to help retailers do that. We build a listings program or a listing service. It's a first one designed specifically for fuel and convenience. So. They can claim their stations on GasBuddy. They can control that information, submit their pricing. But we can also push all of that information out to the other major platforms like Google and Apple Maps so that people can find their stores. Because I'm telling you, there are brands in our industry that I can't even find online if I pull up Google Maps. Mm -hmm. They just don't exist, or they're labeled by, by their fuel brand, or the information is inaccurate. Um, it's a very real problem. And in 2019, you can't afford to not leverage those those platforms. I mean, I book hotels on Google Maps, you know, but yet I can't find a convenience store sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's not okay. Um, but the other thing on a more personal level, you know, really for all of us listening, is I think under, you know, for, for years, I feel like social media was all about getting the biggest follower count that you can. Um, and I, I think it's trending more in a direction where it's not about the quantity of your followers, it's about the quality of your followers. Um, yeah. You know, you don't need, uh, well, I had someone follow me on, I, I say follow, you know, with air quotes around it because I, I think this was probably automated, but some, you know, self-claiming marketing guru followed me on Twitter who had, I think it was 302,000 followers, and this person was following 301,000. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but it would take me forever to follow right. 301,000 people on Twitter. This person had clearly bought followers, had used some sort of service. It was all fake. Nobody engaged with this post. But yet I've seen people that have 900 followers who get a ton of engagement and they have great people following them. That's what matters is the quality of your followers, not the quantity of them. Agreed. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. Okay, so the last question is, what is the one piece of advice that you would give a new franchisee considering opening their first C-store? Um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier, but just um, realizing that it's not about plug and play. Um, it's great that you can leverage the power of a national brand and, you know, kind of get a jump start there. Um, but don't think that just because you build it, they will come. You still have to be actively engaged in building the right experience at your store and getting the word out and, um, 
you know, it's, it's not a passive thing. You still have to be very actively engaged. And there can be a lot of work with that, um, but that can also really pay off, too. Great. Awesome. Perfect. Now, Frank, for all of our listeners out there, where can we reach you at? Or if they want to have you in for a speaking um, gig, so to speak, how can they get, get a hold of you? So there's a couple ways to do that. Um, I, of course, have a contact form on my personal website. But honestly, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is the easiest way to connect. Search, search for Frank Beard or Frank Beard Gas Buddy and you'll find me. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. It's at Frank Beard. Um, I got it before the ZZ Top drummer did back in the <laughs> So I'm pretty secure on my name there. But that's the easiest way. And, you know, yeah, I'm always happy to come and speak at a conference. I've done a lot of moderated panels, done, done keynote presentations. It's a lot of fun. And I always like to build something new for everybody. That's awesome. We really appreciate you coming in and talking to us too today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the podcast. This, is, this has been fun. Oh, great. We've had a great time, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks for everything you're doing in the industry. Keep up the great work. And, um, you know, again, we just really thank you for your time. Yep, for sure. Thanks, thanks for that, Tony. It's a good wrap-up. <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and if you guys have any questions for us, you can reach out to us at qsrnation at pfsbrands.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast at pfsbrands.com slash podcast. Um, once again, Grant will be back in a couple weeks after his business trip. He's so fancy. <laughs> um, Franks, thanks again. And for Josh, Beth, and Tony, we'll talk to you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Champs Chicken. For deals, discounts, and updates, check out champschicken.com slash connect. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast.